Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight presents what you're about to hear is not a news broadcast. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. This is the Murano Mystery. This is the other side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. A couple of weeks ago, we did a topic that I think engendered more caller reaction than anything we've done in weeks, months, maybe even a year. And lo and behold, that was just the beginning. We did this topic on the air, and I was deluged with social media correspondence, email correspondence, text correspondence, people I didn't even know were listening to this show uh, that that I was friends with in real life. They started reaching out to me. The subject had to do with synchronicity and coincidences. Does it ever happen to you that all of a sudden you haven't seen anyone for, you haven't seen a certain person, for instance, for 10, 12, 15 years, and then for whatever reason, you mention them, you bring them up, and then the next day that person calls you or you run into them on the street. That is an example of the kind of synchronicitous example, uh, uh, the kind of synchronicitous instances that we were talking about on the air and which, sure enough, a whole bunch of people responded to. Lo and behold, there's a lot of theories as to what causes these degrees of coincidences. They range from the scientific, they range from the psychological to the supernatural. A fellow that knows this stuff better than anybody is Dr. Bernard Beitman. He is the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to study systematically coincidences. He's a graduate of Yale Medical School. He's an author. He is the founder of the Coincidence Project, and he has been somebody that has thought about this stuff for many years. Uh, Bernard, it is great to talk to you. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Oh, great introduction. Thank you, Frank. So when when a coincidence happens, like let's say the common example that I just gave of you happen to mention someone that you haven't seen in 12 years, maybe you're reminiscing about them, and then you run into them on the street the next day or they call you seemingly out of the blue. Could that just be a coincidence or is there something more to it? Well, I, I like to think it could be both. Sometimes randomness is a good explanation. Chance does happen. But a lot of times, not the case. Uh, And some of the stories that uh, we heard is that the person thinks of someone and they call within a few minutes, even though they haven't seen them in quite a long time. So it begins to suggest some other way of thinking about how things work. And Rupert Sheldrake has done research to suggest that telephone telepathy is is a real thing. So um, how long have you been studying the science of coincidences? Well, in 2009, um, I published uh, a couple of papers 
in psychiatric annals um, based on the weird coincidence survey, which uh, I constructed with some research assistance. And the purpose of that survey was to ask a simple question. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stories about people having a lot of weird coincidences, synchronicity, serendipity. Uh, but I wanted to get some data about it, and there wasn't very much out there. So I got one of these, I helped create one of these valid and reliable scales that psychologists like to have, and gave it to about a thousand people at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri, and came up with uh, the the idea that the the there were several common coincidences, and you mentioned one of them, thinking of someone and they call, and there are several other common ones. And I was interested in one that had to do with me and my father. Um, and, and I described this story in my book, uh, Meaningful Coincidences, How Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. And it's the story that got me going, or the second story that got me going, because I was choking uncontrollably in San Francisco at 11 p.m., uh, February 26th, uh, 1973, and I couldn't get I couldn't get the thing out of my throat, but I hadn't eaten anything. Uh, so I didn't know what it was. Well, the next day, my brother called uh, from Wilmington, Delaware, and my father had died. He had died bleeding into his own throat, choking mm. on his own blood. So around the same time that I was choking, he was choking and dying. And that has an impact on a person, that kind of experience. Oh, no. So I became, <laughs> so I became curious to whether people have this experience, experience like this, and yes, they do. And I call it simultapathy, the experience of the pain of a loved one at a distance. There are going to be a lot of people, the, I think, the most cynical among us, and you're a scientific guy, so I think you are no stranger to cynicism that say all these instances, the, the idea of choking at the same time your father is choking, the idea of running into someone that you haven't seen in a while and uh, you happen to have just talked about, the idea of uh, hearing about a book on television and then uh, just seeing that book in the bookstore the following day, there's folks that say, okay, sometimes there's there are just coincidences. What is a meaningful coincidence? How do you define that? What's a meaningful coincidence versus something that just could randomly seem to be something that's noteworthy? Uh, great um, question. I thank you for that. Uh, a, a coincidence, dictionary, dictionary definition, is the remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances without apparent causal connection. That's just a coincidence. And it's very important, as I try to describe in my book, to see what adjectives you put in front of the word coincidence. What you're implying is a coincidence that would be called a mere coincidence or just a coincidence or only a coincidence. On the other hand, a meaningful coincidence has particular meaning to the person involved and could be described as the coming together again of two or more events in a surprising, unexpected, and improbable way that seems to have significance to the person experiencing it, either at the moment or in retrospect, and may seem to have a possible explanation. You know, in terms of uh, psychology, there's a school of thought that says all these coincidences are, and all people taking note of coincidences, 
All it is is, well, something happens, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, your brain is more attuned to that. So if someone mentions someone choking, if someone mentions a book, if someone mentions a color, a movie, or you hear a song, and then all of a sudden, that same thing uh, comes across your radar in the next day, two days, week, you're just more attuned to it. That would have happened in any event, and you just wouldn't have noticed it. Do you give any credence to that? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I it used to be something like I, I used, you you think about a, a yellow Volkswagen and then you see a yellow Volkswagen. That was in the old days, and yeah, you, you become sensitized. But there's another there's another side to that, Frank. What I'm trying to do in my book, in my podcast, and and on my Psychology Today post is get people sensitized to coincidence so they will see them. Mm. So if you're not looking for them, if you're not aware of the possibility, like the yellow Volkswagen, you're not going to see them. So how does one get sensitized to coincidences? Well, I, I just gave you one big smack in the face one uh, for around my father. I started when I was eight or nine. My dog got lost, I got lost, and we found each other. And it was the most dramatic, important thing of my life at that time. So I, if you get big coincidences happening to you, you start saying, well, maybe there's more of these. You become more sensitive to them. There are all sorts of theories about synchronicity, and I'm sure even the term that you've caused, uh, that, that you've coined, simulpathity. Uh, simulpathity, you said it is, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, it, they range from the fairly reasonable to the totally out of the box and unorthodox. One of the main theories that I hear, at least online, is that this is an indication that we're living in some sort of a computer simulation and that these these instances of synchronicity or simulpathity are somehow glitches in the computer simulation. Something tells me that's not a theory you subscribe to. Uh, well, I like glitches in the Matrix. I've always liked <laughs> right. that idea. Uh, it's uh, it's fun. And I'm going to interview somebody on my podcast who thinks we're living in uh, a simulation. Uh, and there are other people suggesting that. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, just, it's the same question that I think you're implying about it, back in this, Frank, is that what do you believe is the nature of reality? How do you think things work? And there are people who insist that it's all random and chance, and I can't argue with that. And there are other people who say there is a, a larger intelligence having something to do with it, and that larger intelligence could be called God or computer simulation. I want to find out what's going on here, Frank. Mm. There's something going on here. Yeah. And I can't. And coincidences are a way that I'm trying to figure out the nature of reality. And keep in mind that human beings have for centuries used coincidences as a, as a way to figure out how two events might be connected with each other. So I'm just doing the same thing human beings have done for a long time. What is What your belief about reality is colors a lot of how you interpret the explanations for coincidences. I'm a psychiatrist. I do psychotherapy. I'm very much interested in responsibility, personal responsibility. The trouble with randomness and God and fate is that they take away from us our own personal responsibility. And if you recall the definition of 
coincidence from the dictionary without an apparent causal connection. If you've got an explanation like God or random, there are no coincidences. Uh, we're talking with uh, Dr. Bernard Beitman. You can check out his website, uh, Coincider.com. Uh, that's Coincider.com. He's also the author of a book called Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. And uh, Bernard, if you were to uh, talk about what people can get out of looking at coincidences, whether they're scientifically inclined, whether they're spiritually inclined, maybe a little bit of both. If they start to be more attuned to coincidences in their own life, what can that do for them, if anything? It can help them with making decisions, soothe grief, tighten connections with other people, find people and ideas that they need, like being in the right place at the right time, if you pay attention to them, they can be hints or suggestions about what to do next. They're not commands. They are absolutely not commands. You have to decide what to do with them, but they are very practical, and I try to list some of the ways they are practical in my book. And and give us one way, for instance, that they're practical. Um. I was uh, leaving the University of Washington um, because I was denied tenure in, in Seattle. And I didn't know whether I should say goodbye to a colleague of mine or not. So I stood outside his door and said, yes, the right thing to do is say goodbye to Wayne. Uh, we had worked together and on similar things. So I knocked on the door, I walked in, and, hi, Wayne, how you doing? And on his desk, was uh, a paper by Bass and Wade on chest pain and panic disorder. I said, Wayne, what's this? He was doing research on trying to find relationships between chest pain and panic disorder in a family practice clinic. And he gave me the protocol. It was a one-page thing. And I went to the University of Missouri with this protocol. And right across the front door of the psychiatry clinic was the back door of the cardiology clinic. So people from the cardiology clinic with atypical or non-anginal chest pain could come over to the psychiatry clinic to be evaluated for the relationship between panic disorder and chest pain. Those those nice coincidences uh, helped me get 40 papers published and <laughs> became became chairman of psychiatry. <laughs> That is wild. And again, if people want to learn more about this or check out the book, they can go to Coincider.com. And uh, one of the things that I have heard a lot of people bring up about uh, maybe about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, there was a whole movement, a very trendy book called The Secret. And one of the linchpins of The Secret was something called The Law of Attraction. And I'm, I'm overly summarizing something that people, I'm sure, taught seminars, did movies and wrote books about. But basically, the law of attraction, as I understand it, is that whatever you think about, whatever you put out into the universe, that comes back to you. And a lot of folks have kind of chalked that law of attraction up to why these seemingly random incidents of serendipity or coincidence, whatever it may be, why those occur. What do you say about the law of attraction? Well, thanks for bringing that one up, because uh, the, the paradigmatic, this basic 
vision I had of the law of attraction right at the, the beginning of the first book, The Secret, was if you want money, put a $1,000 bill on the ceiling of your bedroom and just stare at it, and that's going to make money come to you. And, and that is not what happens. You've got to do something in the world. So it helps to know what you want. It really does. Uh, I wanted to run the opening kickoff back for a touchdown in high school and college. I did that. Hit the first pitch of a baseball game. I batted first for a home run. I did that. It helps to be able to imagine what you want to do, but you also got to get out there and do stuff that's going to make it more likely for it to happen. Well, it's certainly very interesting, and uh, I, I'm amazed that um, these, one, these incidents seemingly occur to everybody, and two, I'm amazed that there hasn't been more study in the scientific community or the psychological community devoted to this. So I think what you're doing is terrific. want to encourage everybody to uh, check out your book, Meaningful Coincidences. What's the best way for people to get it if they're interested? Uh, I hope they go to the local bookstore because I, I like to encourage bookstore purchases. Same but here. You yeah. can get it on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and all kinds of places online as usual. Uh, Frank, what you just said about the scientific community I so much appreciate because I'm trying to be able to do just that, get more people interested in scientifically examining meaningful coincidences because they're clues about how reality works. Let, let me just end with this because Monday is Halloween and a lot of people's thoughts around Halloween tend to veer towards the supernatural, the otherworldly. And there's a whole lot of folks that think when they come across a penny or a dime or a rose or a certain song that that's their departed parent, their departed brother, husband, whomever, speaking to them through these random objects that uh, are seemingly put in their path. Uh, Obviously, as a psychiatrist, that might not necessarily be your specialty, but as somebody that studies coincidences, I'm betting it's something that you've spent a great deal of time thinking about it. What's your take on what role the supernatural or the otherworldly may play in these coincidences? I think sometimes there's something to it, Frank. I mean, I've tried to be able to be pretty basically scientific about it. But when somebody says that my father used to like to collect uh, 1945 pennies, and then I start seeing 1945 pennies after he dies, I have to say that's a low probability thing. Any Just any penny in the street is not such a big deal. But if it's the, the exact penny that his father liked to collect, that makes me have to think there might be something going on. But there's other stories that really get to me that I've seen, and people have studied grief and synchronicity. And one beautiful one uh, is that a man died. His wife was grieving. It was winter, and his favorite flower bloomed as she was walking into the house past outside. Outside, it was blooming as she was coming back from the funeral. And to have his flower grow at a time when flowers don't grow, right after the funeral, to her was a message. Mm. And I have to say, maybe. 
Well, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And uh, rather than satiate my curiosity for this, you've only stoked it. I'm definitely going to be checking out the book, Meaningful Coincidences. Go to the website, Coincider.com. You could check out Dr. Beitman's blog and the podcast. And uh, there's a lot of fascinating ground that's covered. Bernard, thank you so much. I hope we can do this again in the future. Frank, you've got some good questions, and I hope we can. Same here. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. If all goes according to the plan, I will be here in just about two minutes. No coincidence is necessary. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 